Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 137 of the Distraction Pieces podcast, and it's continuing on my Dutch adventure with Ancilla van der Leest. Um, you will have heard last week, as, as I saw from your excited reaction online, that I had the Iceman Wim Hof on the podcast, um, and he was half of the reason um, I made a trip out to Holland to record some podcasts. The other half was Ancilla van der Leest. Before I get into that, I'll mention, as I do every darn week, that the Distraction Pieces podcast is brought to you by SpeechDevelopmentRecords.com. That's my record label. We've got that awkward January stretch out the way of skintness, so if you want to go and spend some money in my on merch, you can. there's still some drunk cast tees available. A lot of the sizes have sold out. A lot of the bundles have sold out. But they're awesome, so go and check them out. There's also the the Team 3W t-shirts, which is the welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the Hardcore Distraction Pieces podcast crew, basically. If you see someone in a Team 3W t-shirt, you know they're a proper listener and a proper fan. But there's loads of stuff on there. There's Scroobius Pit merch. There's B. Dolan merch, Sage Francis merch, Rob Alton merch. Everyone, go and check us out. That's enough of that. So, yeah, I... Um, I did a flying visit to Holland. I flew out on the Sunday. I did two podcasts on the Monday, and I flew back on the Tuesday morning. Um, I got in on the the Sunday afternoon, though, and I had time to have a bit of a walk around. And I've probably not mentioned it before, but when I was 18, I tried to to live in Holland. Um, I tried to live in Amsterdam specifically. Uh, I went out there with a mate, my mate Jono, I got a work permit and all sorts. Things fell through. (laughs) I won't go into it in detail, but I got offered a job and then I had to leave the country swiftly so I couldn't take that job. But, you know, that's for another time. So it was great to go back there. It was also the first place out of the UK that me and Dan Lassac were ever booked to play. We played the Paradiso, which is a legendary a venue which we went on to play every room in. We'd previously, the first time we played the basement and we played upstairs and we played in the in the main room as well. So, yeah, a wonderful venue, a wonderful c- city. So I said, I got there on the Sunday afternoon and I nailed it, if I'm honest. Um, I went and had a stroll. I needed to buy a new coat because I'd bought a coat off eBay and it was a second-hand coat anyway, but the first time I wore it was on this trip And between the UK and Holland, it literally started to fall apart. It deteriorated. It looked like I'd been attacked by a pack of dogs. There was just parts of it were hanging off. It was weird. So I had to go and buy a new coat. And a lot of you, again, will know, particularly from the early days of touring, I I collect leather ties. I'm a big fan of leather ties. It's in in one of my songs, actually, in A a Thousand Words, The Man with the Leather Ties and Weathered Eyes, who's who's 37, severed. Lions left 37 severed mines um i couldn't even remember it um but interestingly there's a place um called episode by the canal market um that i, I i've got the best of my collection of, of leather ties so i went there and i've got a lovely little i've got two lovely new ties which i was more than delighted with and i also um Bearing in mind I was in Amsterdam for less than twenty-four hours, for less than forty-eight hours, know that I spent a chunk of that time um, queuing up to buy a cookie because I'd had a van 
staple steeple cookies i'd had recommended by natasha fox of, of of war and peace and future ages fame um as the best cookies in the world and i got there and there was a queue because they do each batch and they they sell out each batch so i queued to buy a cookie i got two new no leather ties i got a new coat i'd smashed it and then the next day i did two podcasts and one was with and sylvander least which is it is this one and we'd never met before. We'd been talking for ages about doing a podcast um, and never got round to it. And we sat down and, man, it was one of the most informative, um, articulate and intelligent podcasts I've been involved in. So it was an absolute honour to chat. As you will hear, I get quite excited about some of the concepts and ideas put f- f- forward. Um, yeah, I'm going to... I leave it there and just let you listen. This is episode 137 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Ancilla van der Leest. Right, um, I'm joined now by Ancilla van der Leest. How are you? I'm pretty well, thank you. It's, it's good to have you here and good to be talking. You're, you're making me break uh, one of my rules of the podcast in that one of my rules is I don't have any politicians on. Oh. Um, but we've been... I haven't been elected yet, so well, maybe I, I get a pass. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it's the fact is you, we've been trying to arrange this for so long yeah. that we originally arranged it before you got... Um, made a leader of 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 the pirate which is the best name for a party anyway of of the pirate party over here or and or became involved with them and involved in politics so it's still yeah you know it's all valid and all works yeah i got chosen to be a front runner only six months ago yeah and before that i ran in 2014 for the city council yeah but i remember i think i know you were on my radar radar before that yeah but i'm not sure if i was on your radar i see we i mean we've been to <laughs> A tr- a tr- a tr- trying to arrange this for at least a year or two and it was one that I was most nervous about because our initial discussion about it was you criticising some of the interview techniques of some other podcasts which then made me <laughs> I'm not going to say who but then it made me like oh man I'm, if I interrupt too much or if I say I I, I just I spoke to, uh, to Wim Hof just before this and I found myself saying that's amazing constantly but it is he's he's an amazing and unusual guy but i was really conscious i kept going that's amazing that's amazing oh that's amazing so i'm gonna try and be on my best best behavior today do you listen back to your own podcast i don't i listen back we do these uh, uh, drunk cast ones every now and then with me and my mates and i listen back to them or i've listened back to the last two that we've done of them just because I've genuinely not remembered what happened in the last hour or so. So oh, it's been man. like, well, I'd start to get tweets that are, are, made, are, are clearly quotes or referencing something, and I'd be like, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember <laughs> what happened there. But oh, that's pretty far out. So you're doing the British way. Yeah. Like, you're really going for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going all out. Um, uh, but, yeah, so I was first um, aware of you as, 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 as a, a privacy campaigner essentially and it's tough on social media and this is, is going to sound like a complaint but it's not but it's tough to keep up with everything because a percentage of what you you post about will be in english but obviously a large percentage will also be in dutch so it's kind of there's points where i'm like i'm, I'm following along and then i'll 
Yeah. I'll 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 lose tracks slightly, but I used to tweet in English only almost. Yeah. And then of course when I started running for the national campaign, yeah. uh people complain that I'm tweeting in English. Yeah. But it's actually hard for me to uh to switch over to Dutch. I'm I think I'm starting to realize maybe my Dutch isn't that good. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> so but uh I'm yeah I'm 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 trying to do it in Dutch mostly but uh, I think there's because also we're in an international political movement yeah. I would say and we're in more than 40, 40 countries yeah. like a lot of the topics that I tweet about are of international interest yeah uh, they're not a, a um a mainly local topic they're you know when we talk about international surveillance apparatus and that's something that's going on everywhere when we talk about universal basic income that's something that's going on everywhere yeah, completely. um so you're seeing a lot of the same uh political movement worldwide yeah and some weird noises in the corner of the room sorry i got to <laughs> yeah no. i think it's a mouse we have those in, in amsterdam yeah or or someone tweet me saying you've got the biggest rats in europe which is fantastic i love rats but anyway let's 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 stay focused <laughs> Oh man! From what we're discussing, uh, so so I for a long time I tweeted in English. Yeah, uh, but now I'll I'll leave that up to. Uh, there's actually a Pirate Party UK as well. So. Oh really? It's, yeah. It, and again, it's fascinating because, as you said, it's it's a weird politically and particularly and socially, the world is becoming a weirder place to have all these divisions and separate gr- 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 groups in in countries and so on and so forth. Because there's so much that is now universal because of of the internet and. How can you bring rules in in one country that are anything to do with anything on the internet when the, those rules are different in another country? It then becomes incredibly hard to govern them. So it is it is this weird world where all politics, I think, and is becoming that bit more universal yeah. rather than purely local. Oh yeah, well you've just had the Brexit, but yeah. we're still totally still in the in the European Union. And yeah. We're seeing that more and more legislation is being decided in Brussels. Yeah. So when you're talking about these sorts of issues, you know, you're also talking about legislation in Italy and yeah. legislation in Sweden. Of and course. Legislation all over the place. So. Yeah. Uh, so I I, I I do think that for now it's probably best for me to, to continue in Dutch, but I think and yeah, maybe no. in five years it's not even that weird. Yeah. To um, to have political discussions mainly in English. Yeah. So, so just as as we mentioned Brexit, there. What was kind of the 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 outside view as all that was going on? Because obviously it was a s- bizarre time in the UK and felt like a, a, v- a volatile time and a time with a lot of anger on, on on both sides of the argument. But what was the kind of view from uh, from a uh, Europe? kind of looking at England essentially having a hissy fit and and getting all, all, all intense. I think there were a couple of movements going on the past year that were similar. Yeah. Uh, the American uh, election. Mm-hmm. We had our own thing in, in Holland where, in the Netherlands, I should say, yeah. where um, we had a Ukraine referendum. Right. And um, a lot of the mainstream media was all in. A lot of the political parties were all in. Um, to have a Ukraine trade agreement. And at the same time, you could see that people were starting to inform themselves and starting to think, well, we're not really too fond of these more international trade agreements, more um, uh, power in Brussels. And it's not that Europe is a bad idea or having trade is a bad idea. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. But it just is all the not 
not having transparency of government is yeah. starting to pile up and people are fed up with it. Yeah. And you're seeing that everywhere. Yeah. I think I think you've said it you've seen it in uh in the United States where basically the press was all saying, "Oh, it's just going to be Hillary Clinton." Uh and then it wasn't. I think mm. we've seen we've And that seen was it such it. a mirror of Brexit. Yeah, that was such a kind of exactly the same. It seemed to be so a done deal that we weren't going to vote to leave and then yeah. everyone I woke up and that had happened it was the same with as said with Trump it was that yeah. well there's no chance that had actually happened and then that's exactly and what happened. exactly the same thing happened in Holland with yeah. the with the Ukraine referendum where right, yeah. basically press was saying oh it's never going to happen people like it was a referendum people didn't even show up to vote because they didn't even feel like mm. there was any real scenario where people would vote against the uh, the referendum yeah but they did yeah and it was kind of like the brexit where it's just like it wasn't it, people just just had to have it it's an interesting one because the brexit thing obviously it's still on on going it's still not really understood what any of it will mean or is but the yeah. thing that angered me the most about it was it felt that the timing of it was wrong and potentially from the people i know in different countries there's a lot of countries around Europe who aren't happy with how the EU is being run at the moment or the situation of it. And for me, it should have been a sit down and discuss with any other unhappy parties and discuss if we all leave at once or we all arrange something else or change in some way rather than a, so what are we going to do? And then we don't really know how to do it. Yeah, but I guess not many options were given no, except exactly. for the hard break. Yeah. And people opted for the hard break, which is obviously a very worrying sign that people are so unhappy yeah. uh, with the way things are going right now that they'll just they'll just clutch on to a to a Trump and to a Brexit and to uh, hard breaks of any kind. Yeah, if they can stop the status quo, it's it's that kind of era of of latching on to again as again it's an obvious example of Trump, but latching on to characters and 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 latching on to personalities rather than latching on to, to policies and facts because i think I've, I've said this before and people misinterpret as me saying that those who voted to leave were ignorant i think everyone was ignorant in this situation because we didn't have facts it's still only recently being decided what kind of brexit we would have and i said a hard break and these kind of things when it was voted we didn't know what that would be so i think on both sides everyone was ignorant so yeah. it was just literally a well i like the way there's that they're talking versus the way they're talking rather than what we're actually vote, voting for the policy we're voting for yeah i think the options were basically everything's fine or everything's fucked yeah yeah and i think people felt that things were more fucked than okay and yeah. that's why they they went for the uh fuck everything option <laughs> yeah and it's it's it's, it's a yeah. bizarre one because it's not it's people get as, as so protective of of situations um i was discussing this uh, with an american f a friend recently on gun control and they were very much no we can't change it because this 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 and it gets so black and white and it doesn't have to be the the gun control issue is something that has got a huge amount of degrees of movement on it it doesn't have to be a, either you've got your guns or you haven't got your guns and it's similar with all these these p political discussions they seem to be boiled down to a yes or a no, oh, a yeah. fucked or not fucked, or, or perfect or yep. or fucked. When it's like, well, no, 
it's not perfect, but we don't have to go all the way over there to change that. We could, there's, there's degrees and variations. So, so, so maybe I guess I'm saying is the, are the nuances kind of being taken out of politics in favour of these bold sweeping statements of we want this side or that side yeah. and there's nothing in, in between. Absolutely. And I think journalism has contributed greatly to that yeah. because they've just not been critical enough. Mm. I know that you've you've criticized Hillary Clinton, so have I, yeah. and, and uh, people like Joe Rogan have as yeah. well very publicly. But at the same time, the mainstream media is like, everything's fine, especially here in the Netherlands. Yeah. The criticism just wasn't there. And I think once people started to pay attention to everything the press wasn't mentioning, yeah. trust was just completely lost. Yeah. And people it then just felt screwed over. E- it equally, it allows you to believe everything that's not been said, yeah. if that makes sense. So if I think the left in the UK... F- for a long time, were amazing at policing the facts and and credibility of statements on the right, but not so great at, at being as critical on the facts and, and statements of those on the left. The, therefore, the problem there is, and similar with Hillary, as soon as you get one thing that's been kind of covered up and ignored, you then have the license to believe all the weird conspiracy theories. Do you know what I mean? It kind of yeah. it, it throws it all in that direction well, because it's believe. not being. It's not being addressed and not being covered. Yeah, people don't know what to believe. So um, I think we're definitely at a, a strange point in time where people are looking around yeah. for for what is the truth and where, where can we find information and what is true, what is not true. And I think you've seen that with the rise of uh, of like uh, sites like Breitbart and like the alt-right yeah. who are like very uh, not particularly politically correct. And, uh, and I guess there that comes from some sort of very deep um, agitation that people have of mm. just being fed up with not hearing hearing the facts and not yeah. hearing the truth. And they will just, like, look around and latch on to, I don't know, I won't say just any damn thing, but... <laughs> yeah, but the person who's, who's kind of shouting the loudest and sounding the most yeah. on their side as such. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and politicians are not, I mean, they're not being pragmatic. They're not being truthful. And I hope that's where I hope that's where the, the pirate party makes a difference. Where yeah. we are, we're not that that. I mean, we're definitely unsatisfied yeah. and unhappy with the status quo, but mm-hmm. we're not like shouting and yeah. uh, populist. Yeah, we're definitely trying to approach things in a more pragmatic way, not like a referendum that that gives you uh, fuck everything or all is okay options, yeah. but more more options than that yeah. because. Yeah. Uh, maybe we do want, say, a trade agreement, but we want to first know what's in it. Mm-hmm. We want transparency. We want uh, truthful information of what we're signing up for. Yeah. Um, and then maybe there's things in there that we do or don't like or want to change. And that option's just not being given right now. No, completely. How crazy is it that it's a, 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 a revolutionary thought as such to say that we want transparency and agreements and stuff are laid out in advance in politics. It seems so weird that that's something that's an unusual thought. That should yeah. be the standard, but it it so often isn't. It's very much a, here's what we're doing, and then we'll figure the details out along the way, as we see in elections constantly. Here's, our, here's what we're campaigning on, but that's, you know, we'll figure it out properly when we're in power, if we win, rather than, a, no, if we get in, we have to do all of this, and so on and, and so forth. So it's, it's strange... Or what is the political 
set up like in the Netherlands. I'm not uh, as familiar with it. Obviously, in the UK and America, it's been very much a two-party system for a long time. Yeah. Is that similar over here? Even though or? it's not, actually. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's been run like a two-party that, system. Yeah. They don't even get the media attention. They're not being even led into debates. And even at a time where nobody was really routing for Hillary and nobody was really routing for, for the Donald, mm. still there wasn't any real discussion of other options. Yeah. And that's, it's really painful. Yeah, um, completely. I, I, I felt it, uh, a shame with the US election that when Bernie, f- f- for example, didn't get and why that wasn't an independent over. option. Yeah, he got again, screwed over completely. That he was conspired against to, to not win that. But again, in my mind, it was like, hang on, you've got tons of followers and supporters. Surely there's an argument in a in in something other than a two-party system that you'd run as an independent, and this would be a, a valid thing. Yeah. The only positive to me of, of Trump initially was him speaking of running as an independent, and that was like, well... You know, at least if it shakes up that that this or that system, the left or right system, then that's exciting. But that didn't happen in the end. It yeah. kind of just well, I guess he, Bernie he was an independent for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think I, I remember a couple of years back. I know that Ron Paul had a lot of supporters, yep. and he ran as an independent, and he didn't he didn't make it. Mm. Um, so. I I, th- I think that maybe Bernie learned from that and thought, okay, I'll just run as a Democrat, even though all these years I've not I've yeah. been independent. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the Democrats decided they didn't want him. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, I mean, it's, it's it's a shame. I do try to kind of look at it on the upside, where before having the discussion about government power and how much. Uh, civil rights we should hand over to them to mm-hmm. keep us safe it was a really difficult discussion to have with yeah. with Obama who's like so charming so funny mm-hmm. and handsome and he's got his wife who's like into all kinds of cool charities and stuff yeah. and, and he and watches now, The Wire I mean who couldn't <laughs> love that guy but yeah and then and and it was like really hard to convince people that Maybe giving up your rights to privacy is not a great idea, even mm-hmm. though you you like your uh, your country leader. Yeah. Um, now there's Donald Trump, and all of a sudden, I I can really tell that there's been like a shift in consciousness of yeah, like, I agree. oh shit, this guy is in in power in in charge of our of this huge surveillance apparatus, and even if we do wanna at some point in time uh, organize protests, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it, that might make it really hard. Yeah. So I try to kind of look at it on the upside where maybe if we've had four more years of Hillary Clinton, we would have pretended that everything that's going on in the world right now is just fine. Yeah. And now at least there's that hard shift of consciousness of like, okay, yeah. shit is fucked and we're going to have to uh, get together to to at least fight for the civil rights that we have. Yeah, I com- completely agree. I in in an ideal world in my in my silly little mind if if hillary had got in we would have still had the, m- the millions of people marching um that marched in reaction to trump's inauguration but the reality is we probably wouldn't it probably wouldn't have been as i mean i feel it was always my opinion that 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 kind of thing is needed the fact that people it's it's bizarre to me that people get vehemently political 
when they're told to once every four years and yeah. then kind of go, well, whew, oh, I'll yeah. be getting back on this in four years. The fact is you're allowed, like politics is happening 24-7 and you're allowed to to question politics. It doesn't have to turn into an internet argument of, mm-hmm. oh, you just hate Trump or, oh, look, you lost, so you just have to accept it. I don't believe that's the case. I believe politics and the way we have politicians, it's it's our right as those who are represented to argue and to and to stand up for our beliefs and our, our approaches. And as you said, the the silver lining is Donald seems to motivate more people to do that. There seems to be more <laughs> people who are like, right, no, we can't take this shit. This is this isn't acceptable, which again, if nothing else, at least it's it will hopefully make people see that it kills me every time people say look you you, you lost stop complaining and not even getting into the argument of the popular vote versus the the college electoral vote and everything else all that's one thing but more it's just fact no that's not what politics is it's not a accept it it's a i don't agree with something that's going on i have a have a right to voice my opinion on it yeah i i remember you had a a really great line which i I can't remember off the top of my head, but it went. It was in "Thou Shalt Not Kill," yeah. where you said something like, uh, "The government is supposed to work for us, not yeah. us for them." Yeah, yeah. And I remember hearing that line and going, "Huh." Yeah. <laughs> and then I think pretty soon after, I felt a bit ashamed that I'd never looked at it that way. Yeah, it's and a it made one. so much sense. And it's, it's, it's the truth. It's but, meant to be our representatives, right? That's why yeah. we vote. That's why we have a vote. And surely that shouldn't be a yeah. A pat you on the head and wait another four years thing. Yeah, but I, I guess I also kind of grew up with the sense of that probably many people have. Like politics is something that just happens to you. Yeah, and we do as we're told kind of thing. It's they're, yeah. they're the ones in power. Yeah. It, it's called that. You get into power. So yeah. <laughs> you can understand why the the rhetoric of that could make you believe that. But the power that they are in is to represent us as people. Yeah. So it's... It's our power as well, if you know what I mean. We've given that power yeah. to them by yeah. voting them in. And they should be held accountable to that, that trust <laughs> exactly. that trust that we put in them. And again, I don't mean that in an aggressive yeah. or, or I'm laughing because I recognise the lyrics yeah. now. I'm yeah, like, yeah, exactly, I remember now. Exactly. But, um, but I say, yeah, it, sh- it should be that, right? It sh- and and there, there shouldn't be any sh- shame in that. You shouldn't be shamed as, as a moaner or a snowflake or whatever else the new popular t- term is for saying... Oh, actually, I don't. I don't agree with that, and I'm going to express that. That's not a bad thing. It's right. weird that that is seen as a bad thing now, or 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 can be looked uh, looked down upon. Right. I think the snowflake thing was kind of a uh, a response to a bit of censorship that's happening in a lot of universities yep. where they have the safe spaces, which which comes from a beautiful, loving idea, but then the implementation um, is very. Uh, uh, yeah. Sometimes it goes a bit far. It can it. it it's the it's the fear of leaving anything down to a case by case as as a situation i think and in so much in so many cases as you said it's happened a lot in america in 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 universities and education as 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 stated but it comes from a completely legitimate and positive place yet there's that fear of right well here's what the rule is though mm-hmm. and it's a blanket agreement yeah. and it's that you know rather than going again as laws should be in general implemented on a case-by-case example it shouldn't it's there's a million or or millions of unique scenarios and situations so it's 
kind of foolish to say, well, we've got one rule that applies to all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I've never understood that being an insult anyway. I think s- snowflakes are wonderful. Um, <laughs> proudly a snowflake, I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, <laughs> we've touched upon a privacy there. Um, and as said, before you were in, in, in politics, I knew you as a privacy campaigner. And that kind of, we were discussing beforehand, it's kind of a bit misrepresented in an interview you've done in the past. But when I was initially reading up on it, I know you did um, modelling and presenting and acting and had a, a website and all sorts of things there. And it wasn't under your your own name. And at, at, at one point, one of the editorials or one of the, the photo shoots posted your actual name and you had some kind of a backlash from that because there was a uh it encroached on your privacy and yeah and that kind of thing but again i understand that's not it it, it was but it's been painted in one article as that was you woke up that day and said i will fight privacy <laughs> but that's not kind of that's it just didn't go happened. down like that yeah. it didn't go down like that it was it's, it was more of a slow process where yeah. a lot a, a few a few different things happened at different points in time where yeah. Where at one point in time I did wake up and thought, well, maybe this is kind of important. Yeah. But yeah, I I never I, I when I first started modeling, it was mostly online, and this was back in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. And I I never this was back in the day when it was really uncommon for anyone to use their their real name. Yeah. Uh, online, uh, I'm I'm talking to you right now, Scroobius, and I yeah. don't know your real yeah, name. Yeah, exactly. Nor nor do I care because you represent you present yourself yeah. as scroobius bip and i i respect that and again you've got i mean even just to look back at how few people had their actual name on their myspace profiles and that isn't even a, a, a modeling types a situation in those in, at that point of the internet it was a, a very common thing to have that slight wall yeah. and that level of privacy yeah because you never know who's on the internet yeah. and you shouldn't trust those people yeah, that yeah. sort of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and um and information can be used against you and, and that was very much a, a consciousness that was around at that time and if you talk to any adult or at school or uh, uh it was always uh advised that you you shouldn't reuse real your real name on the internet yeah then I think something happened with like Google or Facebook, and then that all of that changed. Yeah, or well, Facebook seemed to be the one that you supposedly couldn't register under anything other than your actual name, and it yeah. was all this. Yeah, and Google Plus followed in yeah. in, in their footsteps. I, I, and I kind of, uh, in in ways, it's a similar thing. I understand what they were striving for there because it was, you know, I, I would assume it was for a level of accountability and to remove the anonymity of people making attacks or trolling or, or anything else online so it was that kind of to give you that you're yeah you're accountable but well it's not exactly actually there's that but there's also their value yeah. like facebook uh their whole uh, business model is uh mapping uh people and people mapping people on a case-by-case basis, what they like, what they don't like, yeah. who they are, who their friends are. And they can't have, like, a bunch of scattered identities. Say mm-hmm. they don't want you to have uh, three different accounts where right. you express different parts of your personality because they really want to map out who you are exactly. And yeah. the better they've mapped that out, the, the higher their value is. Yeah. So they're, they're, it's a simple uh, business case for them where they can sell your profile and make money off of it. Yeah. Um, your credit rating, uh, I, I imagine in the future, 
um, your likes, your dislikes, whether you're uh, a woman who's looking to get pregnant or you are a man who's uh, looking for a date or uh, you're uh, a, a middle-aged woman and you're depressed. Mm. You know, they want to know what, what they should sell you. Yeah, yeah. That's their whole business case. Yeah. So in order to do that, they have to know who you are. Yeah. In order. Yeah. In order. Yeah, that accurate a profile up. And, and they want to platforms. match you with with all of your all of your friends. Yeah. At the same time, you know, they also want to attach you to your uh, your phone number because they have WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Instagram. Uh, they have a bunch of different platforms just to find out who you are exactly. And tie them all together. You. Yeah, yeah, and they want to map out your social all of your social yeah. uh, life. So in order to do that, they they have to pinpoint who you are, and the best way to do that is by having a single name policy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I've I've got away with not having any profiles with my r- real name on anywhere. It's, it's oh. a skill. I've, I don't know how I've managed that. They're but. actually asking people to send in because I have a lot of modeling friends and also yeah. a lot of friends who uh, work as like uh, drag queens on the weekend mm-hmm. or stuff like that. Um, and obviously, they operate by different names yeah. because they're they're female persona is not the man they are uh, yeah, from yeah, Monday to course. Fridays uh, yeah. at their desk job. Yeah. And they've actually asked those people of which they, they suspect that it's, they're not using the real name to send in their passport. That's crazy, passport copy, isn't it? Which is not even legal under Dutch law. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, uh, we've kind of run off on yeah, Facebook there. Sorry. <laughs> uh, let's rewind back. So, yeah, you, you at that point, it was incredibly common to to particularly in, in modeling to model under a different name yeah t- 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 to not use your your birth name as such yeah for sure also because i was modeling for playboy and stuff yeah. like that and i i didn't want to you know not not every everybody is so open-minded yeah. obviously and i didn't want to burden my family with uh with what i was doing online or what i was doing with yeah. my career so I I chose logically to have a, an alias mm-hmm. and then i got outed by uh, by a big news blog first by playboy itself and that kind of disappeared off of the shelves and everything everyone forgot right and then as i grew a little bit more known uh some some news blog uh uh found that old copy and was like oh we know her real name let's let's tell everyone you know so i basically just got doxxed uh which was not very much to my liking that's bizarre isn't it so in initially on the playboy front my understanding was it was it was an it was an error rather than is, is that the case it was or more was like it carelessness yeah yeah because i had i had asked i had inquired i, yeah. I told them like listen i'd really prefer to not do this under my own name and they yeah. said oh yeah okay right and yeah. then and then they whereas on the whereas on the blog front it was very much a look a look what we've found out as such yeah yeah, yeah you know, exactly. this secret yeah exactly and it doesn't it doesn't it was just uh it was kind of nasty in a way that it only harmed me and it didn't bring anybody any good. Mm, yeah. Like it didn't help anybody. Like I, I wasn't doing anything political or, uh, you know, I was, I was just modeling. So it wasn't that interesting for people. I thought, um, it's, it's a bizarre one because everything that anyone who's a fan of your modeling, everything that is relevant to them, they can find under that name. That's, yeah. that's how it would be. That's how, that's yeah. how the internet works. Whereas, there's no benefit in finding out, oh, look, you went to this school or, or do you know what I mean? Anything yeah. else. It's like, that's not, 
Oh, it's there was a bizarre nothing. Thing. I mean, there was nothing online under yeah. my real name because I never ever used that online yeah, yeah. or in my modeling. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, actually, I I kind of said goodbye to my my birth name when I was fifteen because mm. I just started making friends online and I started modeling and I just started doing things under under the name Ancilla. And since since I've gotten outed, I uh, I changed my name to to Ancilla formally. Like yeah. that's now the name that's on my passport. Yeah. Because I felt like okay, I've gone, I've gone, I, I've worked under this name and made friends under this name yeah. for such a long time. I feel really uncomfortable when people um, approach me with my birth name because they think they're bypassing my public persona. Yeah, and they're approaching me in a personal matter. Mm-hmm. And when they're using my birth name, it tells me one thing: you don't know me at all. I have, <laughs> I have exactly the same, and and I'll, I would. G- get it a lot with promoters when to, when touring that they'll they'll want to give that opinion of we're that bit close or that bit knowledgeable whereas all my best mates all know me as pip yeah the the last three or four relationships i've been in they have known me as pip because i'm pip that's that's who i am so it is it's that that discomfort and it it's an odd one because i feel as if i'm being precious if i get a bit prickly when someone's <laughs> calls me david which, which again i'm just not used to that name anymore so yeah, yeah it's it's a bizarre a bizarre scenario and a, a bizarre situation but that was was one of of many kind of um intrusions on your privacy that made you become more passionate about the the importance of privacy particularly as the digital world was was developing and building right well i, I think I, I I was raised in a in a pretty politically uh, conscious environment, and I think I I realized pretty early on what privacy means and that it's a civil right, and what mm-hmm. it means when when that right is taken away, when you're no longer in charge of what you do or do not share with and with whom. Yeah. And I also thought of like writers who use a nom de plume. Who, who write under an alias or yeah. uh, bloggers at the time? There was a couple of political bloggers, and nobody yeah. really knew who they were. But that did allow them to speak more freely. Yeah, completely. Um, and sometimes that's that anonymity is abused, but sometimes it's used for really powerful things to advance uh, society. Yeah. Um, so that was that was always clear to me. And I think when I started modeling, I wasn't fit to be with an agency because at the time it was very, now you've got like the, the big butt Kardashian sort of look <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But at the, I, I'm a curvy girl. And at right. the time it was still kind of heroin chic yeah. sort of look. And uh, I wasn't thin or tall enough. Right. And at the same time, I, I noticed that there was a market for me, mm-hmm. but that traditional modeling agencies or managers were really pressuring me to to get on unhealthy diets that would just right. not you know to get me to get this body type that's yeah. just not how I'm built. Yeah, yeah. So I'd have to really starve myself and then maybe maybe I'd get somewhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the right direction. But yeah. um so I saw the internet as a great empowering tool to just reach my own audience yeah. right away. To go into business for yourself, essentially, to say, right, I don't need to go through the middleman of, of an agent or, yeah. or even an industry. 
kind of to be able to say goodbye to that industry and go, I've got my own own access. Yeah, the industry um, um, standards really as well. The the beauty uh, image that was... Uh, that was required at the time. These days, you've got Instagram, and and anybody that feels like that feels beautiful can post like sexy pictures of themselves. Yeah, yeah, it's like sure. a whole different thing. And you've got like you've got like uh, bigger girls, or yeah. I don't know. I'm just gonna say fat girls <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in their lingerie, and it's yeah. and it's fine. You know, it's it's all good. Uh, and they've got their following. They've got their fans. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously the, the the curvy girl thing has taken off. Yeah. And, and then, again, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's got to be good to... Obviously, there's always going to be standards or looks or whatever else that that can be negative to, to young women growing up wanting to strive for something else. But the fact that it's not controlled by the industry as much now has got to be a good thing. Because yeah. again, if your frame is tall and incredibly skinny, yeah. then that's absolutely fine and beautiful. But if you're having, as you said, to be unhealthy to get there, to starve yourself, to put yourself at risk, then that's not okay. That's not what that's not ha- that's not how it should be. So yeah, the kind of the 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 power of the internet in a a positive way in that respect to allow people to go, right, if I want to get into that industry, I have to put myself at risk. Whereas I don't. So instead what do you think? Let's ignore what this industry buff says. Like, what do you guys think? And yeah, I think the same is happening with with music. Where yeah. um, I think Amanda Palmer has this, this yeah. great uh, TED talk and this book, the art of, the art of asking. Yeah, um, and she has her Patreon account, and she's approaching her fans in a very direct manner, and and they're supporting her in a very direct manner. Mm-hmm. Um, the same for Louis C.K., the yeah. comedian, who's who's basically taped his whole show, put it online for free and said, hey, guys, if you like it, please donate. And and that was huge. He kind of, he, he reinvigorated the whole stand-up um, industry initially, like when he did the Beacon Theatre stand-up one, where it was just $5 from his website. It yeah. wasn't on Netflix or on Showtime or on Paramount or whatever the traditional way would be. And that made so many comedians set up. I, I copied it. I I did my Edinburgh Fringe show and went, right, I don't have to get a distribution deal. I can film it, edit yeah. it, and release it. And then that's that's there. It's a valid interaction. But, again, it seems to keep coming back to how it's, it's an individual case for individual people when Kanye was turning around and saying he needed four million or four 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 billion or whatever he wanted, it didn't work. Whereas that's completely different it's from Amanda Palmer's approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit too much to ask, perhaps. I, I do think it is a again, it's a case by case example. There's sometimes I see Kickstarter campaigns and things like that and it riles me up. It'll be something that I think, well that's that's something that you should be invest in in yourself or, or or whatever else whereas there are ones i like amanda's like uh b dolan's no more.org a campaign things like that, that i'm like wow this is exactly how it should be it should be a case of the people getting to decide if they want it and then making it exist if they do it's a very they, democratic you know, a great process yeah yeah, yeah. For yeah, sure. it's fantastic. While as before, well, I don't know if you realize this, but the Pirate Party came from the Pirate Bay. Right. Where things were distributed freely and you mm-hmm. could put anything online and people, 
um, could take it from there. Yeah. And then they got into this huge uh, lawsuit with uh, with the American uh, copyright industry, and people just started to realize, like, listen, the old uh, models uh, are not holding up anymore with the internet. Mm-hmm. It's just if you if you don't want to spy on everything and uh, on on everyone uh, and look into what they up and download all the time. Um, this this is a new reality where people are sharing things freely. Yeah. And when you look back at it, it didn't used to be that different where we used to copy a cassette tape for tapes. Someone. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Completely. You'd give your loved one like a mixtape, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, that was a, a much slower pace and a, a smaller scale. But it's not, in theory, that, if, that different. And then it comes down to the freedom of information, sharing information online, and who owns that information, and yeah. uh, how freely can we distribute it? Yeah. And I think the internet has has the potential, and it has been so far a great empowerment tool. Uh, but you're definitely seeing that the the powers that be that have the the old business models yeah. are fighting back hard, like in very far fetched, irrational ways. Yeah, yeah. And and again, it's another one where there isn't. People strive for there to be an an answer rather than answers. Um, and I had this uh, uh, just last night on Twitter. I, I reposted a Bruce Springsteen thing where he was at one of his gigs and gave a, a great little speech. And someone argued against a bit. But again, it was a nice discussion and debate. And he said, look, I just don't think that Bruce Springsteen is the answer. And my point was... Well, no, but no, there's no, I think in most of these situations, there's no individual answer. I think, I love Bruce Springsteen anyway, but I think Bruce Springsteen is part of the answer. He's got a wide audience. He's speaking his mind articulately and intelligently, and that's part of it. But in no way am I saying that, oh, well, Bruce has said something on stage in Australia. It's all sorted now. It's all, do you know what I mean? That's not going to f- fix everything. So it's it's a combination of answers, all right? And, and similarly, Again, with Pirate Bay and things like that, the industries have to develop and find the right routine. Again, I'm I'm not saying that all all music and entertainment sh- should be free or lose all value. Obviously, I'm in that industry; it's not good. But I also do a free podcast every week, so it's finding the balance between the two. Yeah, and maybe people find out about your music yeah. through your podcast. Yeah, and yeah, go exactly. And, go and. Um, stream you or go to your concerts yeah. or stuff like that and support you in other ways i think also the pirate bay was back in the day this was before say spotify yeah so we've it, it took a really long time for other business models to uh to develop mm. uh, while they were really really needed like the copyright industry kind of demanded for us to while we could download albums really quickly and free online anything you'd want yeah uh, you'd have to go out to a physical store and go and you know look for that one album, and then it wasn't there, and then you yeah, have to yeah. order it, and then it was really expensive, yep. et cetera, et cetera. The same is still. Uh, I mean, now you've got Netflix, but the same was the case for uh, for movies, where yeah. you know you just couldn't find the movie that you wanted to see that was already out in like a different continent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was just getting a little bit ridiculous in a time where obviously technology had advanced to the point where there was no logical uh, reason for you to like yep. go out and go look for the physical copy of it. Completely. It was very much the internet that m- 
showed how ridiculous it was to have a film come out in America in January and then in Europe in like March or or whatever else because the internet kind of said no you can you can you can have it now if if, if we have it everyone can have it and yeah. again it is a bizarre and and ridiculous a thing so 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 tell me a bit about the pirate party and what the the main um plans and actions and um, 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 policies are and kind of the birth of it how did it come out of of pirate bay and that kind of of thing what was the process it was uh, a direct response to the copyright lawsuits that pirate bay was undergoing at the okay. time um this was in 2006 in sweden where rick Falkfinger, the the originator of the first pirate party basically put an idea on a on a forum on a like a, a copyright sharing forum um where he said listen guys, I feel like this is such an important political issue um, and they're calling us pirates. You know, let's just roll with it. Yeah, We're going to yeah. set up the... I'm going to set up the pirate party. Whoever wants to join, come join me. Yeah. And then it kind of blew up and it was a huge success because Amazing. on this forum, there were so many people who were freely downloading and starting to feel like this was getting... This was getting political. Yeah. This was becoming about the freedom of information and about the 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 huge power that these middlemen have that was starting to become a bit irrelevant and they were fighting back in a very aggressive manner yeah that was just becoming a bit ridiculous yeah um so that's that's where it started by now we've we're in more than 40 countries and in the euro parliament and we just had 10 seats in parliament in iceland oh wow um and that was the direct response to the panama papers that came out um, right the past year yeah because one of the things that the Pirate Party is uh, fighting for is transparency of government and privacy for the people. Right. So if you're not doing anything wrong, you should just be left alone by your government. Yeah. Obviously, it's not that hard. The the I mean, the kind of the common argument seems to be the basic argument in in that 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 situation seems to be that I've got nothing to hide. I'm I'm fine with that. But I think that's a great misunderstanding of. Of privacy and 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 the importance of privacy and the rights of privacy because you may have nothing to hide or you may number one you may think you have nothing to hide and not realize the power of the information on you to 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 the right people to the the government the the people it's being sold to but number two it's not just about you yeah as you said it's hugely important to have in certain or throughout throughout history in certain parts of journalism anonymity has been key to be able to talk openly and freely about certain things whether it be from the anonymity of a of the journalists themselves or a whistleblower an informant someone giving that vital information and that's for the good of the people that's not to be a criminal or to be bad it's to go look this isn't this isn't right this is what's going on and it's it's, it's not right so that i think is yeah, it kind of outweighs the I've got nothing to to hide approach, yeah. right? <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's for a long time it's been framed as like a very uh, individual as an individual thing, mm. as an individual right. And I think many people don't don't realize we live in a in a free society because we have certain um certain professions that make sure that we live in a free society. Yeah. There's lawyers that will fight 
the government for you if you have a dispute with the government. Yeah. Um, we have whistleblower protections, although I must say Obama's kind of gone after those. There's the right to talk to your uh, to your doctor in a private manner when something's bothering you physically or mentally. Uh, there's the right for journalists to talk to their sources anonymously, etc., etc. And all those uh, different professions make sure that we live in a fairly safe and healthy uh, country or yeah. uh, society. Um, and when you take those rights away from those people all of a sudden you're not going to read the true story in the newspaper. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to be able to sue the government for wrongdoing. You're not going to be able to have a private conversation with your doctor because you've got severe mental issues. Those, those sorts of things um, make it a, not an individual issue, but a, but a common good that yeah. we have a right to privacy and that the government's not continuously spying on all of us. Yeah. Yeah, so, so again, I think the the great thing there was the statement of, of transparency in government and privacy for the people. I think that's a great key. And again, it comes down to the fact that people are individuals, whereas the government are representing the individuals. So that's why you need that transparency, right? That's why it has to be very much an open book, because we're all on the board as such. Like We're all on the board of our country that we live in, because we've had a say, we have had a, vo- a vote and it concerns us. So we should be able to say, I'd like, if we choose to, I'd like all the details on this particular thing that's going on at the moment and not be told, no, it's of it's yeah. of national security or, or so on and so forth. Oh, and, and yeah, that that excuse is being used more and more often. Yeah. And it, you, right now it's a you great, have to- It's a great trump card, right? It's a great, or yeah. ironically named now, but it's, 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 <laughs> it's a great... It's a great power that the government have to be able to to use that essentially, because understandably that there will be certain things that, for the betterment of of national security or, or the nation, that it has to be kept private in a certain amount of time or in a certain period. But then that's terrifying because that's too can, much of a power. You could say that about anything. Yeah, like, and they do. Yeah, they yeah. do more and more often. Also, I think that things should be uh, transparent and public by default. Yeah. And then if there's anything that's particularly sensitive, then maybe, you know, you can have some safeguards for that. Yeah. But right now it's it's the other way around where everything's secret. And then if there's like a smart-ass journalist out there who thinks, well, actually, I'd like to know the story behind that or the money streams or the conversations or the communications. Yeah. They'd have to file a request, a FOIA request for it. Mm. And and then, you know, you wait and you wait and you wait and then, you know, you get this bullshit story back and then you have to file another uh, yeah. FOIA request, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So I think the default of how we are being govern- governed should really, the default should be transparency. For yeah. sure. Otherwise, we don't know what is being used, with, uh, what the power that we're giving our politicians, uh, what that power is being used for. Yeah, yeah, completely. So so what's the plan going forward? You said the Pirate Party is, is, is in, in, in 40 different countries, yeah. did you say? Oh, oh, what's the plan? Like, What's the action and, and the movement? It seems to be a party essentially born of the internet, therefore can get ahead of the game a lot but via using modern technology and modern means to engage people and to get the message out there whereas 
you have the, the the governments in the UK getting on Twitter and making a mess of it and stuff like that and saying the wrong thing and awkwardly trying to cajole. I mean, Hillary was guilty of it numerous times in 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 that election of tweeting stuff that was so clearly a carefully written marketing thing that people then go, "That's that's." I think dumb. she had like a teenage. Yeah. It's social to be social media it. marketing yeah. person who was who had like a very young yeah way of communicating that just just wasn't fit for her. Wasn't really yeah. It didn't yeah. really get across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I, 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 what's the plan going forward essentially, and how can people find out more and get involved? Um, well, one of the reasons why I wasn't completely depressed about the past American elections is mm-hmm. because we actually had a first American pirate that was voted uh, voted in oh, in wow. Massachusetts. Yeah. So that shows you that it's really, although the pirate party is originally uh, European, uh, it's really a, a worldwide movement that's uh, that's getting some momentum here, which is great. And it's it's the momentum and the valid seats that makes it exciting and 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 real and and realistic this isn't a oh we're sick of them let's do a protest vote or a protest or whatever else it's no this is a valid thought out intelligent and and well run yeah action and movement we're also for a reform of of democracy as a whole of giving uh people more voice because there is the technical possibility to have a more direct communication with with the citizens that new laws apply to. Wow! Yeah. Um, so there's no reason why you wouldn't ask uh, why you wouldn't ask people what they want exactly. Yeah. Instead of just having them vote yes or no or left or right or blue or red. Yeah. Once every four years. At this day and age, with these technical technological abilities, that just seems completely ridiculous. Again, that's hugely ex- exciting because one of the things that has from being completely unpolitical as a youth, then becoming v- v- very politicised to the extent of writing protest songs and going on marches and so on and so forth. In recent years, I've come back round to being so unenamoured by the version of democracy that is presented to us under the name of democracy that it's tough. So hearing an active political party saying, no, no because again, people will like to say, well, this is democracy. Do you want communism? Do you want f- fascism? It's like all these things shouldn't be threats. The the act of changing our kind of democracy and our kind the the way we are, are governed it shouldn't be a negative thing or a good or bad. And on one of the first episodes, I had, I had Russell Brand on, and me and, R- and Russell agree on loads of stuff and, and disagree on loads of stuff. It's it's wonderful. It's a great. I think <laughs> I think that's how it should be, but. One of the things his argument was, which I always thought was spot on, was it'd be one thing if we were going from perfection to say, well, no, that kind of government wouldn't work because of this, this, this. It's like things aren't perfect at the moment. So it's valid to say, well, let's try this or let's... I'm not saying that this is completely foolproof and perfect, but I think it'd be better than what we've got. Therefore, it's worth discussing. But yeah, the idea of engaging people through... The technical yeah. technological means that we have now is a is a great one. They're being engaged, you know. They they are uh, uh, politically uh, engaged online, um, 
And I think it's really, really time uh, that politicians start seeing that. Yeah. And we're going to use it as a society to make society better um, instead of more agitated and more um, polarized, I guess, yeah. is the word. Um, which is what, what's happening now because people feel so powerless, which is just ridiculous in a time where anybody's voice can be heard. Anybody can bring up an idea and, any, and, and other people can latch onto it, as has happened with the Pirate Party. Yeah. So there's no reason why we shouldn't use our collective consciousness and our collective ideas yeah. to, to be more pragmatic about solutions. Yeah. Um, and that's just not happening right now because politicians are really afraid of yeah. of that power of the crowd yeah yeah and again that's yeah and not to keep rambling on like an excited child but it's it's a hugely exciting approach and idea because again the fact is we have that belief that we have to do as we're told when we are are run by these people but if you're using just the word d- democracy a true democracy is a group effort and a group opinion and group ev- everyone having this their say within reason and 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 in, engaging and being part of that rather than you didn't win so you have to wait quietly in in a more public based democracy you could still not get things your way that will happen regularly and be a regular part of it but at least it will be a debated and engaged upon thing rather than oh here's what we've been told yeah so one of the things we're looking into is uh, e-democracy and we're fighting for something called liquid feedback systems where maybe if you think your neighbor knows a lot more about healthcare, you can get you can uh, get give your vote to him to vote wow, for awesome. you on on behalf of you uh, for a topic that maybe you feel he has more knowledge about than you do or uh, maybe your sister uh uh, works in uh, in education, and you just don't know that much about it. And you can give your vote to her, so she can you because you trust her with your vote. Yeah, I um, love that. So there's a whole a whole bunch of new systems that we can think of to that make a lot more sense in in this day and age where the technological possibilities are uh, are so vast. And yeah, we just I mean we're we're working with ancient systems of democracy and voting. And people are, are clinging on to them so tightly. I remember I, I've put up a few times a suggestion that some would agree with and others would be like, no, that's not democracy. But my argument was, again, like whilst I was at my lowest point of not believing in how our democracies work, was that if you go to vote, there's 10 questions on, 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 the, on the key policies that are being debated at this point. And if you get all 10 right then your vote is worth 10. If you get eight right, then your vote is worth eight and so on and so forth. And the argument that people would have were like, no, but everyone deserves the same right. It's like, well, n- I don't think they do. If people, as you said, it's 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 similar to what you're saying there. If there's someone that's more educated on that situation or topic, then their opinion sh- sh- should be worth more, in my opinion. And, 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 and that's me talking as I don't know about healthcare for example as much as my friends who work in healthcare so i would happily say well no you you take mine like you deal with that you know you have that knowledge there but it should still be your choice to give your vote on that on that subject matter yeah to somebody that you trust with it yeah instead of um 
just voting for a party that maybe you agree on some things they do, but then some things are really not yeah. floating your boat. And there's lots of lots of ways we we can reinvent democracy, and yeah. it's really time we start taking that seriously and start approaching that in a yeah. in a pragmatic way. It's it's, it's great. Time. It's, it's time. It, it, it really is, and it's great to hear that from a political party. It's it's similar to I work a lot with uh, a Leap UK or Leap in general, a law enforcement against prohibition. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. I think the power of those guys is. Can you, because I know we have a lot of Dutch listeners now, and this is kind of a UK base. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit what they do? Yeah, yes. So LEAP are an organization of, of, it's it's generally made up of ex-police, ex-politicians, ex-lawyers, and those who have worked in the war on drugs, who are all advocates of the legalization of drugs and the decriminalization. Oh, criminalization and 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 yeah and and getting out of that whole era and the example i give on that a lot is i listen to joe rogan a lot i think he's great but 90 of his arguments if you're on the other side of the argument you can go why would i listen to that big muscly stoner kind of you, you, <laughs> you can discredit that whereas when it's like no i'm i'm I've been a, ju- a judge my whole life. I've seen this, or I've been on the front line of this war. Um, and Neil Neil Woods I had on the podcast was was undercover for years and years, and is one of the most vehement supporters of the legalization of drugs because the legalization brings in rules and regulations and standards and qualities. Um, the fact is, in the UK, again, this is all f- are f- are from Neil. If you talk to a 16-year-old, they will generally say it's easier to get weed or coke or pills than it is to get alcohol Hmm. because alcohol is legal and you have to go into a shop and show ID. Your drug dealer isn't asking you for ID. So if you bring that into a a legal system, it makes it safer for everyone. It's as similar as, again, I was having this this discussion online last night. Obviously, we're here in Amsterdam. And again, I'm a big believer in in the sex industry and the drug industry that the 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 legalization or decriminalization of these things allows greater control and regulation of the dark sides of them in no obviously in no way am i saying there's anything good about sex trafficking or or or, or forced a sex trade or 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 anything like that imposed sex trade but if someone is choosing to make their living in that industry there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. And the decriminalization that means that standards and protection can be put in place. Yeah, if to, you need help that. with anything, you can go to somebody without yeah. being without the fear of being prosecuted yeah. um, for that. Yeah, one of the one of the huge topics that the pirate party is involved in is is uh, drug law reform yeah. and uh, drug decriminal decriminalization at least yeah because we're one of the things we're great supporter of is science-based evidence or like fact-based policies yeah and with the i I think the war on drugs is like one of the prime examples of how our laws don't don't make any sense when you compare them to the scientific research that's that's in on them we we kind of bulk drugs under one big label yeah and we scary forget drugs yeah scary drugs and there's like so many different types of drugs i think most people use drugs on a daily yeah. basis yeah. when they have their morning cup of coffee yeah completely you 
So, and again, it's that it's something that Neil really highlighted was you'll generally have people say, "I think all drugs, I think drugs should be illegal because they're dangerous, and I want to save the kids." And his argument is that's the exact reason he thinks they should be legalized. Yeah, it's like he think he's seen how dangerous they are, but they're far more dangerous in the hands of an unregulated and ungoverned industry. The, the fact is. The war on drugs isn't going to be won, and and similarly with the sex trade, dr- drug dealing and 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 prostitution are two of the oldest trades in the world, and in the countries that they're illegal, the, they're still happening. So at some point you have to say, right, we're we never going to stop those pesky drug dealers or whatever else. That's going to be something that people choose to engage in and choose to do. So the legalization of those things allow regulation, allow, yeah standards of practice and support and help so if you are anti-drugs you should be pro should the be, decriminalization or legalization you should of be drugs. protesting the pharmaceuticals yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly people aren't anti even those who are vehemently anti-drugs aren't anti-drugs because yeah. they will take drugs if they've got a cold or so on and so forth it's a, yep. a foolish term but the reason i got a, a, around to all that was i've heard a rogan numerous times say it's mad to him that you can't just vote on Facebook or whatever else. And again, it's, it's, it's all mm. not Facebook as the, again, as we've established at the start, the Facebook isn't a good example, but that you can't vote as easily as you can like something on Facebook and have that access in this day and age. But again, it's easy to argue against someone who's an entertainer or something like that, that you can dismiss. So it's why it's exciting when a, a law enforcement against prohibition are speaking on drugs or when the pirate party are speaking on reforming or reshaping our version of democracy it's suddenly like right you you've got to pay attention to this this is now a valid argument and opinion that you can't just go oh he he's the guy off that sport ignore it at the same time i'm really happy that someone like joe rogan or tim ferris like very influential uh people are campaigning very publicly which is not an easy thing to do at a time when everything is so taboo, mm. especially yeah. in America. Every, so many things are illegal. So to put yourself on the line and say, listen, I think this is wrong and I'm going to speak up about it to my millions of listeners yeah, yeah. is an incredibly brave brave thing to do. And I think it definitely influences uh, policymakers. I know Tim Ferriss is... Um, is donating to scientific research about how MDMA can help with depression yeah. or, uh, in the specific case of a terminally, terminally, terminally ill um, yeah. cancer patients. It's, 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 it's a fascinating one. We, I had a, a Dr. Susie Gage on the podcast, and it spawned a whole separate podcast of Say Why to Dr- Drugs, which is on the Distraction Pieces Network. Yeah. Um, and the fact on that, the fact that MDMA was being used in in therapy and being used with people who have subjects and things in their past that they're not comfortable talking about and they're finding that a controlled dose of MDMA for that that therapy session has opened them up. And being someone who grew up doing all sorts of drugs and being in all sorts of a mess, I can vouch that I would tell people in clubs my deepest, darkest secrets if they asked because I was on a drug that made me feel that open and that comfortable and that relaxed. Therefore, remove it from the I'm in a club situation and just, just 
just look at the physical effect there of a relaxation and an openness, mm-hmm. then that's an amazing thing. Yet yeah. still, it's drugs and drugs are bad. Therefore, it can't be brought into these yeah, well, one, one of the things studies. that was legal here in Amsterdam before was uh, magic mushrooms. Yeah. And they've been banned because a French girl jumped off of a building while she was on them right. here. And very often you'll hear, hear that people take a certain drug in a completely wrong setting. Yeah. Like they'll start wandering around uh, the city or like go to a theme park or like yeah, yeah. weird, weird stuff. and. And I feel like if only they had been more educated, that would have saved some lives. Yeah, com- completely. Um, it's hundred percent the the point of of say why to, to drugs is that look, drugs can be dangerous. It's it, it's not a pro drugs podcast. It's it's kind of saying look, here's here's drugs. Mm-hmm. They exist. Here's what's great about them. Here's what's not so good about them. Here's what's dangerous. And kind of trying to give that groundwork and. And situations that they're safer to use under, but again, it's it's so easy to say, "Oh, someone jumped off a bridge, and therefore it needs to be very banned." That that is an unbelievably tr- tragic and sad event, but it's not exclusive to those drugs. It's not exclusive to that situation. Therefore, it's a blanket thing. It's like saying, and again, this is with all the respect to to the the young lady. Um, picking the trainers that she was wearing and saying a girl wearing these trainers jumped off this bridge therefore we need to ban these trainers it's like well, there's there's a lot of things into that situation it's 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 foolish to go it was exactly because of this at this point yeah well it's all it's always a trade-off that we're that we're making as a society of of personal freedom and what we're allowing and what we're not allowing like i mean so many people die of car accidents yeah. a year so many people die of alcohol abuse which is completely a hard drug on mm-hmm. the level of heroin yeah um we're willing to allow that because it's a trade-off yeah yeah we're there's some downsides to it at the same time we're, we are seeing the upsides of it yeah and i think again it comes comes down to a selfishness though because again it, and, and a selfish trade-off it is the fact that you can say how many people die from car car crashes each year yet the person hearing that will go, but I, it would take me ages to get to work if I didn't have a car. So <laughs> let's keep that one legal. I don't need the mushrooms. So, so let's 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 get, get, get rid of that one. It's it can be such a small thing that tips it over of going. No, but it's convenient for me. So well, not only that, but so very often it. you're seeing a big lobbying behind huge industries yeah like the cigarette industry but also the car industry yeah. california used to have fantastic public transport and the car lobbying um took that away because yeah. they, they were in favor of having cars oh wow um the pharmaceutical company of course uh, sponsors a lot of research uh, but they have their own you know capitalist uh, yeah. goals 100%. so we have to stop kidding ourselves that our lawmaking, our policy making is being done on a scientific basis yeah. because that's just not the case. Yeah. Right now it's happening uh, under influence of a lot of big money. Yeah. Yeah. And that at least at the very least needs to be transparent. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, I'll wrap things up there as we're, we're well over the hour mark now. Is there anything else that you want to address before we finish things up or where can people 
um, find out about the Pirate Party and find where it's relevant to, uh, to them locally and so on? Well, as, as I've said before, we're in almost any country in yeah. the world. So if you're wondering what we're all about, you want to know more, uh, or you want to get involved in politics, whether it be as a civil rights movement or in actual uh, in the actual political system, please, please, please look it up. Uh, yeah. Pirate party, put your name, put the name of your uh, of your local town or your yeah. country behind it, and uh, and look it up. That's perfect. Well, get thank involved. you very much. Yeah, get involved. Well, thank you very much. That's been fascinating. Cheers. Thank you. You've been listening to Scroobish Pits, the Scratchdown Pieces. There we go. That was episode 137 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with the phenomenal um, Ancilla van der Leest. I recommend you all, if, if, if you're in Holland, if you know anyone in Holland, you need to spread this podcast out to them because, damn, this is a legitimate political party that can get representation in your parliament, in your government, that have some of the best ideas I've, I've, I've heard politically. It's It's... It's hugely exciting to me. And as a lot of you know, as we touched on in the podcast, I've not had any any politicians on previously because even people that... A lot of people at one point were saying it'd be, be great to have Jeremy Corbyn on. A, a lot of his thoughts and ideas I, I, I generally agree with, but the political system within which he's working, I do not support or agree with. So it's kind of a... It's something I couldn't get on board with personally um again i'm fine with, with other people pushing and promoting and interviewing these things i just feel on the podcast i only have people on if i feel i can give them a good interview and i feel if i sat down with anyone like that even if i agree with, as i said agree with a lot of their beliefs i'd end up picking certain things apart which wouldn't be beneficial to anyone so but yeah this was an amazing one to have so i reckon you all enjoyed this next week i have Catherine ryan on the podcast um it's a great one she's fantastic another one where i'd, I'd, I'd not chatted to properly i think we met briefly at the edinburgh fringe but i'd not chatted to properly and again just the most friendly and warm and welcoming and hilarious woman so yeah that's a great one next week thank you for tuning in guys i'll see you next week this has been episode 137 of the distraction pieces podcast with ancilla van der Leest. Ta-ta.